Welcome back to the Book Marketing Tips and Author Success Podcast. I I know I say this a lot. Sometimes I listen back to our shows and I and sometimes I, you know, and I find that I start off these shows always saying, oh, I'm so excited about this show. So I realized to a lot of you, I probably sound like a total weirdo, but I'm really excited about this show. The nerd in me loves that we're finally doing a show on Chat T- Chat GPT. And um I, I got it just. Full disclosure, Amy went a little kicking and screaming into this show. We, I did. I, I wanted to do the show like two months ago, and Amy was like, oh, I don't know, ChatGPT, it just sounds. But I'm so glad we're finally here. Yep, she's brought me around slowly but surely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but talk a little bit because I think your hesitancy matches a lot of people's hesitancy around chat GPT. So what was kind of your pushback on this whole topic? Well, I, I mean, first I will be self-aware enough to admit that I took it personally <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, my background started in writing a lot of technical writing, mostly not books. Amy will never release a book. So don't nobody hold your breath for that. She will release a book. Trust me, people. <laughs> But no, in a lot of technical writing, content writing, um, marketing writing, for sure, things like that is kind of like at the core of what I built, what I love to do around. And so at first when that came up, I'm like, ew, gross. No, like that's not allowed. You know, (laughs) yeah, we need real people doing that. And then I also, you know, when you see examples and things like that, it was really impressive. I never denied that it was impressive what it could do, but because I was already a little hesitant, of course, I had my extra critical like glasses on and was like, well, that doesn't sound very natural or this word would have been better there. You know what I mean? So it just, I was really digging my heels in, in terms of fighting the fact that it's not the same as a real person doing it. But then as we've used it more, as it's developed, I've kind of come around to the fact that there are really fantastic ways to use it. And there is, at least in my opinion, people don't have to agree with me. I do see that there is a middle ground where it can be really effective and useful, Um, but it doesn't necessarily, I still don't think it will completely, at least not in the publishing realm. I'll say it right now. I don't think it'll ever completely take over what a human can create, especially in terms of a story, you know, especially for fiction and things like that. Well, and one of the things that, I mean, I think you bring up some really good points. One of the things that I had a conversation with one of our authors yesterday, and he was telling me that he hired a company to write content for him. And he said they were using um, AI. And he could absolutely tell that they were using AI just by the tone of what was written. Sure. Right. So I think that you, I think that we look at this, we look at ChatGPT, and we're going to talk a little bit about how to use it in just a second. But I think that we look at this as this exciting new you know, it's, it's exciting. It's new. It's creating all this stuff. It's a little scary, you know, and that all of that is very, all of that is very true. <clears throat> but the thing that is, I think still, I, and I don't know if they're ever going to be able to smooth these edges, but part of why he 
realized that was all AI written was because it sounded robotic. Mm -hmm. So I don't really know that we are, and I could be completely wrong, right? But we did a show briefly, I think, actually on ChatGPT, we mentioned it in a show a couple of months ago, and I said it then and I'll say it now. I don't know that ChatGPT is anywhere near ready to write a book. So a lot of the fear in publishing is, oh my gosh, all these wrote, you know, all this AI is going to be writing books. Can it get there someday? Probably, right? Um, but it's not there now. And hopefully by the yeah. time that it gets there, we can have some sort of um, you know, uh guidelines in place because chat GPT is pulling this content from somewhere and they may be pulling it from your book, from my book, from our blog, from somebody else's blog, et cetera. Well, and Penny, that's a really good point. I just wanted to mention because it just kind of, I had a light bulb moment over here. Sometimes I wish we had a button for that, you know? (laughs) That's great. We should have a sound effect. Yeah, like ding. Okay. But it makes sense though, because even before these AI applications and platforms were readily available to everybody, that is always something that, and we've discussed this before, talking about our blog strategy and our content strategy and things like that. I have always thought that those that have always written specifically to appease Google have always sounded pretty robotic Mm -hmm. in a sense that it's like you need to hit these certain parameters and you have to structure things in a certain way. And there is almost a required amount of repetition in order to solidify the point and how the flow is structured in an article and things like that. And I feel like that's always kind of been the case with people that are really successful at writing content specifically to make Google happy versus people that are writing content necessarily for the reader experience. And I kind of think that's where chat and these other AI devices are at this point. Like they're great at pulling the bones of the content, but when you read through it, if you really care about your reader experience, there's always going to be room for improvement in terms of how human beings process information, the way we like to read, like the cadence, even the way I've always been really um, careful about using contractions, like when it makes sense to say you are versus your, you know, when you're reading something, sometimes even the difference in that option can change the cadence and how easily somebody processes what you're saying, making them say you are versus your and where the emphasis is needed and where it's detracting and things like that, that you're not going to get out of chat. You know, that that has to be a judgment call that a human being that understands how other humans process information really needs to get in there and make those tweaks. Right, right, exactly. And I think that, you know, because we've experimented with uh, chat GPT for um, to rewrite book descriptions or to experiment with writing elevator pitches. And again, I, I don't know. I think that chat, to, to me, chat GPT is a great way to launch an idea. And let me give you an example of what I mean. So Amy and I, we were kind of noodling, or we were doing a screen share, and we were kind of noodling around with ChatGPT last week. And we input this author's, uh, 
I don't know if it was his elevator pitch or his book description, and he was really struggling with writing it. And so we asked the system, and we'll talk a little bit about prompts in just a second, so you can kind of experiment with it too. We asked the system to rewrite his, we'll just call it a book description. And the rewrite was good, but it wasn't something that we would have said, all right, let's just slap this up on Amazon. Right. Because of, you know, like you mentioned, like, you know, contractions and um, Mm -hmm. tone and you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? And you can ask the system to write a blog post and I've done this. You can go into chat GPT and you can say, write a blog post on, I don't know, whatever, getting your book into bookstores in a very friendly, uh, you know, informal tone. And chat GPT almost goes to like the nth degree on that. Like it's super informal where it's just mm-hmm. like, hey, y'all, if you're not that I have anything because I say y'all a lot. And even though I don't live in the South, but <clears throat> it felt it was just it was weird. Like it doesn't it clearly it's it's a machine and it has a long way to go. And we're just starting like I get it. But here's the thing to know about chat GPT. And this is where I think a lot of authors um get confused about the system. And there's a lot of books out there on chat TPT right now. And I will tell you that most of them are not really great. Most of them are kind of put together haphazardly and maybe even written by chat GPT. I, you know, I think, mm-hmm. I don't know, but um, chat GPT is only, and I'm just going to start calling it chat. Cause I'm starting to like trip over the GPT. It's I was going to say here. you get so many points for pulling it off this many times because I, I, I like, won't even, I don't even try. I'm like chat. I I have to say chat. <laughs> I know it's it's so it's so weird. But um, one of the things that you need to know about using chat is that your the output is only as good as your input. So you have to be very specific. Let me give you an example. If I'm writing, if I want chat to develop a blog post for me, and I've done this a few times, I'll fully admit that. But I usually rewrite. I rewrite, I noodle with it, I should say, whatever chat spits out. Because again, it sounds robotic. It pulls information that's outdated mm-hmm. um, because depending on the sources that it's pulling from, et cetera. So I might go into chat and say, um, act as if you are a seasoned book marketing and publicity and book publicity specialist. So I'm very specific on what chat has to pretend to be. Write a blog post on five ways to get for that authors can get their books into bookstores. And, and sometimes I'll start with an outline. So I'll have it do an outline first. And then I'll say, using the above outline, write a blog post uh, at 700 words or 1200 words or whatever. And on the above topic. Right. And you could also use ChatGPT to say, act as if you are a seasoned copywriter. So in this case, it might be a little bit different. A seasoned copywriter, generate five SEO-friendly, search engine optimization-friendly blog post titles for a blog about getting books into bookstores. So do you see what I mean, Amy? I mean, we, you and I talked about this, right? You have to be you have to really be super specific about what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. The more you give it, the better it gets for right. sure. 
Right, exactly. And in fact, there was an article, <clears throat> excuse me, in Forbes, which we can link in the show notes. Um, and it was it was a whole series of prompts to show off what AI can do. And, you know, some of the prompts were um, fairly lengthy. So, for example, create a social media schedule. You're an expert social media manager. I want you to create a schedule for social media posts over one month, starting from, you insert the date, the frequency of posting will be, you insert whatever that is for you, daily, weekly, every other week. My business is called, whatever your business is, or my book is called, and we sell, blah, blah, or just mention like your book and my genre is. For each post, include the day it will be published, a heading, body text, include relevant hashtags. The tone of voice to use is professional slash casual slash friendly slash funny. Um, so you have to pick one of those. For each post, include a suggestion for an image that we can use that can be found on a stock image service. So there's a lot of input required in order to get some kind of output from chat GPT. And I, I don't necessarily think that, I mean, it's kind of like when you're baking a cake, right? If you are sloppy with the ingredients, your cake is probably not going to taste that great. The same thing is true for chat, right? Um, but you do have to start off by tell, telling it what it is, because without that, it's not really going to know what direction that you're trying to go. Exactly. Does that make sense? Yeah, it completely makes sense. But I mean, I think that's also, and this is where easing into it makes, I mean, makes sense for most people because it sounds very overwhelming. It sounds a little sketchy. Like that was me, still is to some degree. It's still in there. But <laughs> but I do believe that it is a great push, especially for anybody that's struggling with their blog, for anybody that's struggling with content to write, with even with their social media posts. It's a great sounding board almost for ideas. And you don't have to use all of them, obviously, you know? So even going on there and working on how to get these prompts right for either social media post ideas or blog post ideas is a great, I think, first step to just kind of see what it can do. And you might be surprised at how, for what the way a lot of people's brains work, just having somebody give you that kind of, those marching orders can be yeah. that push you need to start getting content posted more regularly, you know? Right, right, exactly. And, you know, you can, um, you can also, I mean, they say that you can use it as a fact checker. I think there's a caveat to that. I mean, they say that you can use it to analyze the competition, the business competition in your space. Um, I have found that to be largely inaccurate. But as I said, there are new versions of chat showing up all the time. Mm -hmm. They continue to update the chat GPT platform. So it's even better than it was, I think, two months ago. So I suspect that we will get there faster than we expect that we will. And this isn't just to be clear. So chat GPT is all written. This isn't any odd, this isn't any audio stuff, right? This is just all written. This also isn't, so there is another um, AI service out there that will plan, that will do all your planning for you and manage your calendar. Now that sounds really scary, especially my calendar. 
Yeah. Um, but this, but but chat right now is just um is just designed to help you to create content, to brainstorm content. You may also be stuck on something. Like let's say, for example, you have the opening chapter of your book, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, and you want, or the opening, not the opening chapter, let's say the opening one or two paragraphs. And you want to see if it can be done in a way that is maybe a little bit more enticing. Pop it into chat GPT, but be specific. So let's say, for example, if you are a mystery writer, you are a seasoned, you are a best-selling mystery writer, right? Act as if you are a best-selling mystery writer and rewrite this first paragraph such that it immediately pulls the reader in and see what it comes up with. Very likely, you are not going to want to use what chat creates verbatim. Like Amy said in the examples that we cited, it can sound a little bit robotic, but using it to spark your creativity, I really like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I've used chat. In fact, I played around with chat a couple of weeks ago and I asked it to create a quiz on just a general book marketing quiz that we ended up using again, not verbatim, but it really helped to spark because, you know, we write content. I mean, we have two posts a week on our blog and sometimes it just gets to be a little bit and we create content for the podcast and, you know, I write books and soon Amy will be writing books, even though she says she won't. (laughs) Now it's a thing. That was a thing, right? I just made it a thing. Um, Well, you know, and so it, it is, it's a great way it's a great sounding board. It's a great sounding board. It's a great way to brainstorm content. Use it. I mean, I like to use chat as a second brain. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, in an age where we are just so inundated with all the things, um, you know, I I like to use it as a second brain. Now, keep in mind that if you are brainstorming a topic, oh, so let's say you're brainstorming a book description, you can ask chat to like rewrite this book description, you know, act as if you are a seasoned copywriter. So remember the act as if is really important. Um, Or you are a, you know, you are a copyright master or whatever it is, but you, again, you have to tell it what it is, right? Rewrite this book description such that it appeals to uh, teens or young adults or children or whatever. And play around with that and see what happens because chat can create, use the same, using the same book description, create something that appeals to different age groups as well, which is a fun little thing. If you have a book, for example, that maybe you wrote a book on, I don't know, history or something, maybe you're, you know, you're, you, you want to, um, Create a version of that book that may maybe appeals to a younger audience, right? So you're branding yourself as this historian, you're doing all this stuff. And you can see kind of where Chat GPT might go with that topic, right? Mm-hmm. For a young, you know, for like children for the age between six and 10. I don't know that they, I know they don't all have the, I know enough about that to know that they don't all have the same reading level. But it is a fun way to experiment to kind of see what pops out of it. And we just have a free account. So we, you know, not that I'm, I, you know, I'm a fan of paying for services that you use, yada, yada, yada. But for the time being, I mean, I don't know that um, we use it enough such that a paid account 
would really make a lot of sense for us. But it's a great way to, it's a great way to experiment. Just like I said, be a little bit careful because I personally would not use the content that it spits out verbatim. I would be worried about putting it up on my blog. I would be worried about license. You know what I mean? Am I using somebody? Did it lift it right out of somebody's book? And I'm going to find out later when I'm, you know, when they're showing my chat GPT. Nasty email. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, and you've used it now a couple of times, right, Amy? I have. And it's been, I will say the more I use it, the more I appreciate what it can do. And it also kind of, in a, it kind of keeps me right in that middle ground. Like it reminds me of what the shortcomings are, but it also shows me the benefits as well, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, get on and experiment with it. Don't be afraid of it. You don't have to make it part of your daily, you know, whatever, but you try experiment with it as, like I said, a second brain, a sounding board a way to help to spark new ideas and to stay kind of in that creative funnel, which let's face it, when we have so much stuff coming at us, it's hard to stay creative and come up with new ideas. And I've actually had it generate blog post ideas that I have later run with that I thought, oh my gosh, I never thought of that. So it is a very, very helpful tool if it's used correctly. And Mm -hmm. um, I think that we're going to see a lot more of this. Like I said, I think it's pretty far away from writing an entire book, but who knows? Because it's moving at lightning speed, as they say. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Penny Sansbury and Amy Cornell, and we'll see you next time.